Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching, I do want to mention to you a couple of resources. If you haven't yet discovered the Version Bible app, uh, that's absolutely free. Download it on your phone or your device, and if you'll uh, look in the lower uh, right-hand corner, the drop-down menu under Events, search for Arlington FM Church, and there you will find a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Also, uh, when you're in your podcast player, if you'd also search for Arlington FM, there you will find all of our teaching content. You can listen to it, uh, speed it up, listen to it on your way to work, and uh, grab some good teaching there as well. Well, speaking of good teaching, uh, we are jumping into a brand new series today. We're calling it QR Quality Relationships. And uh, we're looking to crack the code for good relationships in our lives. You know, we kind of touched on this last week, but uh, consider today uh, the full entry into this series. Uh, you know, the perspective uh, in the Bible, and uh, really in sociology and psychology as well, uh, just about every good thing in life comes to us through the quality of our relationships. I love the way this old psalm in the Old Testament, Psalm 133, uh, says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And uh, the psalm goes on to describe uh, its refreshing it's replenishing, it's life renewing when, we are, uh, when our lives are filled with good relationships and ends with this statement. Uh, for there, on the quality of our relationships, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. What's he saying? Uh, life itself uh, comes to us through the quality of our connections with God and with each other. You know, I once had a battery in my car that I thought it went dead. And I uh, had somebody look at it, and uh, the battery was good, uh, but the, the connections, uh, connecting the battery to the ignition system, they were all bad. They were corroded. All they had to do was be cleaned up, get a better connection, and the power that was in that battery uh, came alive and made the car come alive. Well, that's an earthy illustration of the profound influence of good relationships in our lives. And uh, last week, we looked at this amazing vision that a, a guy named Ezekiel had. And in this vision, he saw uh, the temple of God, the, the place where people met with God, had communion with him. And out of the corner of that temple, there was a little trickle of water. And uh, according to Ezekiel's vision, as he followed this trickle, it became ankle deep. Further down, it became knee deep, then waist deep. Then it became a great river that was so wide he couldn't swim through it. And as he looked back on the river, every place that water flowed created life in the barren places, in the dead places, even in the salt water. It sprang to life when what flowed out of that communion with God uh, created this river of abundance. Well, that's an amazing uh, glimpse of reality. That's, that's God pulling back the curtain and saying, hey, uh, as you go through life in this world, uh, see this that when you uh, commune, when our communion with God is genuine, it produces, it releases from us this life-giving river uh, that begins maybe as a trickle in our own hearts, but then goes outward. Uh, you know, it points to this truth as well, that the uh, best relationships in our lives 
become even better uh, with a relationship with God. Uh, that uh, when we have an authentic, genuine relationship with God, all of our other relationships are impacted by that. And you say, wait, what a minute, uh, wait a minute. Uh, it provokes this question, is religion good for our relationships? And I think many people, when they see that statement, would say, well, no, in most cases, it's not. In many cases, uh, our religion, it becomes a barrier uh, to relationships with people. And uh, maybe here's a better way to pose that question. Is my spirituality good for my relationships? And, and that gets a little bit closer to home. Is the way that I commune uh, with God as I've come to know him, is that good for my relationships with people? Well, I would say this. If you are a follower of Jesus, your spirituality better be good for your relationships because really that's the essence of what Jesus taught is that to love God manifests itself most clearly in our love for people. Uh, here is how one of uh, Christ's followers, one of his closest followers, in fact, he was known as John the Beloved. Uh, here's what he wrote. He said, dear friends, let us love each other. Let us love one another for love comes from God. It comes from that connection with God. And everyone who loves people has been born of God and has actually come to know God as God is. That's an amazing statement. Uh, let's walk in that. Let's live in that love for people because we know this, John says. Love comes from the very heart of God. And if we love, we demonstrate that we've been born of God. He goes on, he says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so uh, here would be a good question as we jump into this uh, series on the quality of our relationships. Uh, how do we improve our connection to God? Uh, how do we uh, remove the corrosion uh, from those cables that connect us to God so that his power and his resource can be more fully released in us? Well, in case you didn't know it, that is exactly why Jesus came. Uh, he came so that he could share open up to us, make available this incredible connection with God that releases his life into us. Uh, here's how Jesus said it. Uh, one of the ways he said it in John chapter 7, uh, we're told Jesus stood up and he said in a loud voice, in other words, don't miss this, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, and whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water, will flow from within them. Think of that image of the, the water trickling out of the corner of the temple, creating life wherever it goes. Jesus is saying, look, if you'll come to me, if you'll value that connection with me, that relationship, if you make that a priority, out of your innermost being will flow this life-giving water that will produce abundance in you, and every place you allow that to flow, will be impacted in a positive way. So uh, here we're rephrasing that question. How do we connect well with God? Uh, here's the question. How would you rate the quality of your connection to Jesus? How would you rate uh, the quality of that attachment that you have with Jesus Christ? You know, I, I used to work at a really big church 
I was kind of known as the wedding guy. I did a lot of wedding ceremonies and uh, in the premarital counseling, we used to use this assessment called a prepare and rich. Here's, uh, here's one of the printouts from this uh, major assessment that asked these uh, young couples hundreds of questions about the quality of their connection with each other. And uh, you'll see on this bar graph, all these uh, categories that measured their level of agreement on uh, how they both felt about communication, uh, conflict resolution, how they felt about recreation, extended family, friendships, faith, finances, uh, parenting. And uh, this particular couple, uh, they had a very high level of agreement. You'll see below there the different uh, category types. Uh, this was known as a, a vitalized couple. They had a quality connection with each other, uh, but going down the scale, uh, there's actually uh, what's referred to as a, a conventional and a traditional. Uh, and then uh, at the bottom end of the scale, is, it's a devitalized. Uh, this is a relationship that has very little agreement in any of these categories. And you know, I, I saw some couples who they were flatlined on these levels of agreement, but they were moving forward uh, towards marriage anyway, regardless. You know, there's a word uh, for couples heading in that direction. Uh, the word is disaster, and unfortunately, had the fingerprints uh, all over it ahead of time. Well, uh, when you look at the quality of our connection with Jesus Christ, uh, you don't need 10 categories to kind of measure it or assess it. In fact, uh, I have identified uh, in my own life, there are really three ways that uh, reveal the quality of my communion with Jesus that either release that river of life in me or don't become a, a blockade uh, to the kind of life that Jesus wants to pour into me. Here's the three measures, the quality of my relationship with Jesus. You can measure it by affection, uh, correction, and direction. Uh, let me explain those. Uh, let's talk a little bit about experiencing the affection of Jesus Christ. Uh, as Jesus was uh, about to leave this planet, uh, he was really uh, anchoring his followers, his disciples, in the most essential truths they would need to, to grow in this vital connection with him. In fact, he said they were like branches connected to a vine. He said, remain in my love and uh, you'll remain in my joy. And then he said this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. And uh, so Jesus was uh, fortifying them uh, as they sought to uh, carry on this relationship with him, even though he would be physically absent. Uh, he said, look, uh, much of this relationship will be about staying in my love, knowing that you're good with me, experiencing my affirmation, uh, my uh, speaking to your heart, reminding you that I'm with you and I'm for you. You know, as we think about experiencing the affection, the affirmation of Jesus, uh, I think sometimes guys can think, well, you know, when it comes to my spirituality, my beliefs, my religion, I'm not really into the touchy-feely kind of thing. And that, that affection of Jesus kind of seems that way, like it might be a, a touchy-feely thing. Well, I would say this. 
You know, there's a text a little bit later in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6. It's more of a manly text. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil. Now, that's a manly perspective. But when you look at the armor, it's all about experiencing the affirmation and the affection of God through Jesus Christ. It's putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of being right with him, shodding your feet with the gospel of peace. All of these things meant to establish us in the affirmation of God and the affection of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, before he set out on his public ministry, uh, before he ever uh, liberated people from uh, demonic oppression, before he ever brought healing, before he ever confronted the broken religious systems of his day, uh, as he was baptized and came up out of the water, many people heard a voice from heaven and it said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And uh, I just know that uh, it's a point of strength for anyone to uh, sense that reaffirmation of the love and the approval of God, not because of all that we are, but because of who Jesus is and what he has made available to us, uh, the righteousness of God through his sacrifice, uh, we can live in that affirmation from God. We can live in the affection of Jesus Christ that he is now with us and he is for us. And uh, I know that that's uh, one of the measures of the quality of our relationship with Jesus is, uh, do I live in that sense that he is with me and he is for me, even on my bad days, uh, which really leads to the next measure of the quality of our connection with Christ. We have the, uh, the affection of Jesus, and then we have the correction of Jesus. Uh, here is the, the words of Christ himself speaking to John the Beloved, in, uh, as recorded in Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 19. Uh, Jesus said, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. I hear that again. Those whom I love, I correct, I rebuke, and I discipline them. So uh, he's saying to this one church that had wandered off the path, be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person and they will eat with me. And see, uh, uh, the reality here is if we're going to have a vital connection with Jesus Christ, one that is alive and genuine and life-producing, uh, we need to be open uh, to the correction of Jesus. We not just experience his affection, but we receive his correction. Uh, we're willing to allow uh, truth into our hearts that might hurt. In fact, I read this quote this week from a guy named Andy Stanley. Uh, here's what he said. Uh, if you want to be led well by God, I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Uh, hear that again. Uh, I've made a decision. Uh, I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. And, uh, you know, what kind of things would Jesus say that might make us initially feel bad about ourselves? You know, they say that the truth will set you free, but it might make you miserable first. And uh, I happen to firmly believe 
that if we're going to have a growing, thriving, life-giving connection with Jesus, we have to be open to receiving his words of correction. Uh, here are some of the, the words that come from the mouth of God and the heart of Christ. In Isaiah chapter 1, uh, Isaiah essentially says, uh, speaking for God, I'm sick of your religious behavior. I'm tired of you pretending that you're really devoted to me when you're trashing your relationships with people. You're overlooking people that have needs. You're disregarding my values and my priorities. I'm sick of that. Uh, Jesus himself in Revelation chapter 2 it says to one of his churches that he loves, your compromising makes me want to puke. It makes me sick to my stomach. I'm about to throw you up. And, uh, you know, if we think those are harsh in uh, words that might be damaging to relationship, in that same text, uh, Jesus said, those whom I love, I correct and I rebuke. So uh, I'm sick of your compromise. And I love you with an undying love and affection. And uh, I happen to believe that when we're open to receiving the correction of Christ, it nurtures us in that quality connection to him that releases that river of life within. I once had a, a friend who, who worked with me in serving uh, youth and youth ministry. And uh, back in those days, uh, there wasn't a lot of ways to get a hold of someone when they went dark, when they went off the, the grid, when they went off the radar. And uh, this guy was always at everything we always did, but one week he, he didn't show up, couldn't get a hold of him, called him on his landline, uh, no answer. And that was pretty much all you could do. You couldn't text him, you couldn't message him on uh, social media, you couldn't uh, cyber stalk him. He was just out of the loop. And uh, after about a week, he showed up again. And I said, uh, Mike, where were you? What happened? And his response was, you know, he said, I just felt like I needed to reconnect with Jesus. And then he said something I'll never forget. He said, uh, I enjoyed marvelous times of repentance and renewal. An amazing perspective. I enjoyed wonderful times, restoring times of repentance and renewal. Uh, he got his heart right with Christ. He received some correction, which really leads to the, the final measurement of a quality relationship with Christ as uh, we experience his affection, we uh, receive his correction, and finally, we walk in his direction. Uh, this is the direction of Jesus. Uh, he said it like this, come to me, uh, anyone who is weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then these wonderful words, Take my yoke upon you. What's that? Uh, get in where I'm going. Join with me. Uh, let me uh, guide you and lead you along the way. Uh, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle. You can trust me. I'm humble of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he saying? He, he's saying, look, uh, if you'll be open and receptive to the directives that I give you, they will lead you to a good place. I'll never take you in a bad direction. Uh, this is Jesus saying, you know, uh, if you'll open up to me, uh, I'll keep you from a lot of the harsh uh, disappointments in life. I'll protect you. In fact, Jesus said, when you pray, 
Say, God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And uh, for that to happen, we need to be responsive. And, uh, you know, I've found that this is very practical and powerful when we're open uh, to the direction of Jesus. Uh, He'll say, you know, notice that person. Don't say this. Uh, Keep that word to yourself. Uh, he'll, He'll give you direction. In your marriage, you know, I once read that uh, one of the most destructive things a couple can do is to begin to daydream about what it would be like to be with someone else. When you're disappointed with your spouse, when they're not behaving the way you wish they were, they're not fulfilling your expectations, according to marriage researchers, one of the most destructive pathways we can take is to begin to daydream about, well, what would it be like to be someone with someone who was like this and not like that, and that uh, we're actually opening the door out at that point. Well, I found when I'm open uh, to the affection, the correction, and the direction of Jesus, uh, he'll, he'll coach me on those things. I'll find my thoughts maybe turning in a direction that isn't healthy, and he'll say, well, how about, think about this, and uh, plan a different thought there that is more life-affirming And uh, if I'm living in the affection of Jesus, if I'm open to the correction of Christ and I'm walking in the direction that he gives me as I commune and interact with him, it's kind of like this. It's like David described what it's like to have a good shepherd in your life. He said, the Lord, the creator, God himself is my shepherd and I lack nothing. That's exactly how Christ wants to guide us forward out of our relationship with him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I find rest as I follow and commune with him. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Anybody need a little bit of that today? Uh, He wants to give that to you, but it comes as we experience his affection, his correction, and walk in his direction. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. In other words, he's got an interest in your life being blessed and your relationships doing well. And even though, uh, David says, I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not fear evil, for you're with me. Your power, your rod, your staff, your correction, your direction, they comfort me. In fact, uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Uh, This is a profound goodness coming into our lives through the quality of our connection with the good shepherd. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a good future, and that's a good hope. Uh, You know, our communion, our connection, the vitality of our relationship with Jesus is meant to release all of these things in our lives. But uh, here's the truth. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, our interaction with with Jesus is no different than our interactions throughout the day. Uh, We bring all of our worries, all of our cares, all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our hostilities. And as uh, we think we're establishing this vital connection with Jesus, we're kind of swirling in our own negative thoughts. And uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of took notice of a book that was written uh, right in the thick of our pandemic. 
And uh, this book uh, was written by an author who had never written anything before. Uh, but uh, when she, she wrote this book called Get Out of Your Head, uh, How to Escape Your Own Toxic Thoughts, it became a bestseller. Uh, and I, I have to believe it's because a lot of us find ourselves in this day and time uh, caught up in the negativity uh, in our own heads. And uh, Jenny Allen uh, really presents uh, what the Bible has to say about uh, renewing our minds, uh, giving a greater place for God to actually abide in our thoughts. And, uh, you know, here's a, here's a biblical truth. Uh, that communion with Jesus that should be life-giving, should be full of affection, correction, and, and direction, it's under attack. Uh, there's someone who really does not want that to go well. And uh, if, if you have a hard time believing in an evil personality, uh, I would say just kind of look around at the world. But uh, in the Old Testament, there's a psalm that's all about the destruction that happened in the, the meeting place, the place where God's people would go and receive uh, power and life and resource from God. Uh, here's what uh, Psalm 74 says about the destruction of that. Uh, your foes roared in the place where you met with us. In other words, uh, the enemies of God's people lifted up their voices in the temple, and they set up uh, their standards, their banners as signs to say, hey, we, we rule this place. And then uh, he describes the, the disposition of those who would attack this communion place. They behave like men wielding axes to cut through a thicket of trees. They smashed all the carved paneling with their axes and hatchets. Think of Putin and what he's doing to the Ukraine. It's kind of that same uh, senseless, uh, let's just destroy it for the sake of destroying uh, people that we don't like the way they live. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the dwelling place of your name. They said in their hearts, we will crush them completely. And they burned every place where God was worshipped in the land. And that's a, that's a revelation. It's a glimpse. Uh, you know, it's no wonder why we have a hard time stilling our thoughts, quieting our hearts, and actually communing uh, connecting with the living presence of Jesus so that we can experience his love and his affirmation, uh, his correction, his words of truth meant to bring freedom into our lives and his direction that he wants to lead and guide us into all those wonderful places. Uh, there's, a, there's opposition. Uh, it comes from our own heads, but it also comes from an evil personality who, who wants to keep us distant uh, from that source of life, uh, you know, uh, decades ago, there was a young man in our in our youth group uh, called me one day. He asked me if I'd come over uh, to his house. He said someone had uh, broken their house. They thought they might have known who it was, but they weren't sure. And uh, he said that uh, they were quite quite a bit of destruction in their home. So I said, "Sure, I'll come on over." And uh, when I walked in the door, I was staggered by what I saw. I couldn't believe it. There was literally piles of garbage two feet deep covering every inch of the floor. All of the drawers had been pulled out, dumped on the floor. Every closet had been emptied. There were, there were knives 
forks and scissors stuck in the walls and all the cushions on the furniture had been uh, torn apart and spread abroad. It just struck me uh, when I stood in that house, uh, I had a thought, the devil is very real. And, you know, it's that kind of chaos that can exist in our own minds that can keep us uh, from the one relationship connection that releases every good thing in our lives. And uh, as, as we uh, move to prayer at the end of this message, I do believe this with all my heart. Uh, Jesus wants to have a wonderful connection with you. In fact, he's done everything he possibly could do, poured out his life completely uh, so that he could bring us into that relationship with God and with himself that releases all life in us. You know, uh, as we pray, I just thought of this uh, one little illustration. I was up uh, camping uh, once by myself at a wonderful place called Clear Lake and uh, knew that there was a, a water pump at the other end of the campground. So I went down to fill up my containers and um, got to the water pump and uh, started pumping that handle. Nothing came out, dry as a bone. In fact, it was hard to move the handle. It felt so rusted and dry. And uh, then I saw a little box at the base of the pump. And uh, there was a little note on that box that said, for priming the pump, make sure you fill after you're done. And I lifted that box, and there was a glass of water, kind of dingy looking, but it said, use this to prime the pump. And so I poured that water uh, into the pump, started moving that handle again. It started loosening up, and then it started gurgling, and then fresh, flowing, life-giving water began to pour uh, out of that pump. And uh, I got to believe that uh, at the end of this message, God wants to prime the pump of your heart he wants to vitalize that interaction, that communion that you can have with Jesus. And I want to invite you to pray with me. Uh, Lord God, thank you uh, for being the giver of every good thing. Uh, we believe that you created the world and all that is in it. You created us to know you, to be in a relationship with you. Uh, we want to thank you, Jesus, that you came uh, to reveal the Father. Thank you, Lord, for lifting up your voice and saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And Lord, would we do that right now? Would we just decide, uh, you know, no one uh, can impact the quality of our connection with you, but us, we get to choose. We get to choose whether that uh, time we seek you, we, we connect with you, will be a time of chaos where we bring our anxieties and our worries, our hostilities, and we just let that be the state? Or, Lord, if we uh, learn to switch the volume off, learn to quiet those thoughts and receive from you, receive your affection, welcome your correction, and uh, walk in your direction. Lord, make that real uh, to us, I pray. Uh, help us to value that connection time with you above all else, knowing that every good thing flows out of the quality of our interaction with you. Uh, maybe as you're hearing these words, you're thinking, you know, I've never never really called upon Jesus Christ. I never responded to that invitation to come to him and find that river of life, but I want that. I know I need that. And I would encourage you just uh, pray a prayer like this. Uh, Lord Jesus, that's me, I'm thirsty. I need you to come. 
I want to I want to drink from your well. I want to I want to have a connection with God. I want this river of life to begin to flow from within my own heart. Lord, I'm like that chaotic house. There's wreckage inside me. Uh, I've been through a lot, uh, but I know, Lord, that uh, you're offering me something better. I want to open up to that. Pray that you would uh, lead me. Uh, Let me know your love. Show me uh, what I need to change and guide my steps as I try to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.